Hello and welcome to a more perfect podcast. Today, we're going to be talking about a few things, namely critical race theory, except with a twist on it that you probably have not even seen before. I haven't seen one second of it on television. And we're also going to be talking about the effects of critical race theory on school policy and how that school policy leads to disastrous results like school shootings. On top of all that, the main theme of this episode is missing links, the stuff that slips through the cracks. And with regards to that theme, we'll be also talking about the price of political polarization and how it downgrades our understanding of a very, very complex issue such as critical race theory. Before we get into all that, however, I've got to remind you guys, I am sponsored by Surfshark VPN. Secure your internet today from prying eyes and get Surfshark VPN. Surfshark VPN anonymizes your internet browsing so people can't see what you're going to look at on the web. It's also one of the fastest VPNs out there, so in addition to anonymizing your traffic online, you also get no reduction in speed. I was literally able to play Call of Duty with Surfshark VPN enabled and running a Canadian server in the background, and there was no lag in the game, so that should attest, at least to anybody who plays video games, to how blindingly fast this VPN is. Check it out in the podcast description. You get 81% off and you support the show because I get a cut of the revenue and it helps me to create content that you guys will love. Once again, that's Surfshark VPN. Check it out in the podcast description. A lot of focus has been on critical race theory in these past few months in America, especially in the news. I mean, I can't even watch Fox News for one hour without them saying something about critical race theory in the classrooms and how Republican legislatures are passing bills to ban the tenets of critical race theory in school classrooms. This, however, is not actually what this episode is about. Rather, it's about expanding that concept that we've seen Republican legislatures passing bills about and expanding it to the, what what I think at least, is the next logical step in the fight to expunge critical race theory from our society. And trust me, it needs to be expunged from our society because it is fundamentally anti-American. Critical race theory rejects the liberal values that we hold here in the country. And by liberal, I mean classical liberal. Critical race theory rejects simple things like the equality of all people. All people are created equal in the eyes of God, and thus they should be considered as such in any civilized country around the world. Yeah, sure, the conditions of the founding of the country may not have been equal. Obviously, there were slaves at the founding, but if you think about it, the Constitution, and especially the Declaration of Independence, laid the philosophical framework for slavery to be abolished. So the notion that America is rooted in the very founding of the country from systemic racism is objectively false. If you look at the philosophical tenets and the philosophical roots, at least, of our Declaration of Independence and our Constitution of the United States, critical race theory is fundamentally anti-American, and that is the reason why it's so why it's such a big issue nowadays. Critical race theory, however, is not just in classrooms. 
it is in the school administration. So what is the school administration? So school administration is those rules and policies which govern people in the the school, like think of a school here, such as the principal, the vice principal, the librarian, etc. All those administrator people in the school. Like there'll be a police officer sometimes on high school campuses. It's called the school resource officer. This is the educational policy is what defines what that school resource officer can discipline people for and what is the amount of discipline in which they can levy against that offending student. Educational administration is all of those rules which govern the administration of the school, not the curriculum. The curriculum is what you've seen legislation passed about. This is related, it, it this is kind of like one side of the Venn diagram in critical race theory and education, and then what you've been hearing about on the mainstream media, like critical race theory being taught in classrooms, that's the other side of the Venn diagram. So they're very, very closely related. In fact, they might even be interwoven in some places, such as the Venn diagram is, if you imagine it. The next logical step is attacking this critical race theory influenced policies in the educational apparatus. So how is critical race theory influencing policies on the administration side of schools? One such example of this happening is the Broward County policy on disciplinary actions in the school systems called the Promise Program. So the Promise Program was implemented to combat the school-to-prison pipeline in Broward County. Now, you guys probably don't even know where Broward County is. It's a county in Florida. And specifically, the reason why it matters is that there's a high school there called Marjorie Stoneman Douglas High School. And in 2018, on Valentine's Day, a horrific school shooting happened there that took the lives of 17 innocent people and injured many others. I want to say something before I get into the meat of this. My heart still goes out to all those who lost their loved ones. I can't imagine the pain, the suffering, and the loss that parents and everyone who lost a loved one on that horrific day endured and still endures to this day. I know that the pain never really goes away. I want to say that I am truly, truly doing this episode with the utmost diligence and thought and care towards those who lost their loved ones. I think that no matter how small of a contribution I can make, I want to make sure that what happened then never happens again. I want to contribute in every way that I can, no matter how small or how big that I can do, and I want to use my voice to do that. So, once again, it is truly with the utmost diligence and respect for those who lost a loved one or endured unspeakable loss on that horrific day that I do this episode. Alright, so the Promise Program was again implemented to combat the school-to-prison pipeline. The school-to-prison pipeline is a concept within critical race theory that targets the disproportionate amount of minority students that are referred to school resource officers and then arrested and thrown into what it refers to as the prison system. So basically, okay, so th this, is, this is how critical race theory sees it. A black kid goes to school, a black kid commits an offense, 
the black kid gets arrested, the black kid gets thrown into the prison system, and thus contributing to the disproportionate amount of black and brown people which are in the American prison system. That's how critical race theory sees it. There is a lot of people being arrested, and, and we should totally do something about it. But the way that this policy was implemented in Broward County allowed this monster that shot up the school to slip through the cracks. But the Promise Program, it, it was just one aspect of a larger drive to push down the rates of discipline and thus combat the school-to-prison pipeline, right? They do this by relaxing the disciplinary measures. So, for instance, this idiot brought bullets to school and all he was given was a referral to social workers. He wasn't arrested at all. And so he was off the radar for the FBI, right? Well, well actually, he was on the radar, but nobody was doing anything about it because they wanted to drive, again, they wanted to drive those disciplinary rates down. That's the toxic result of critical race theory. The school-to-prison pipeline, this toxic concept, wouldn't allow the arrest of this monster. He hadn't been faced with any form of discipline other than being referred to a social worker. And critical race theory influenced the policy which allowed that to happen. According to Oxford Research, I have to drive this home so people can see the correlation between critical race theory and the school-to-prison pipeline. This is what Oxford says about the school-to-prison pipeline, and I quote, The school-to-prison pipeline metaphor borrows ideologically from critical race theory. The legal studies theory... <laughs> it's not just a legal studies theory, but this is just what Oxford says about it. The legal studies theory that seeks to explain the ways in which laws, including those regulating education, perpetuate racial inequality without explicitly discriminating. It sounds kind of like a conspiracy theory almost, but whatever. Within a critical race theory perspective, races are not consciously targeted for zero-tolerance discipline. Rather, school codes and informal disciplinary mechanisms direct disproportionate Penal scrutiny, that means scrutiny as related to punishment, to behaviors that African American and Latino students are either more likely to commit or to be perceived as committing. So, this pretty much outlines that critical race theory and the school to prison pipeline are literally related. This is from Oxford. So, I mean, I hate to do an appeal to authority here, but this is as explicit as it's going to get. So now that we know that critical race theory is intimately intertwined with the school-to-prison pipeline, let's examine in more detail how the school-to-prison pipeline contributed to this monstrous individual slipping through the cracks and being able to legally, believe it or not, legally purchase a frickin' gun to shoot up Marjorie Stoneman Douglas High School on February 14th of 2018, resulting in 17 innocent people dying. It makes me mad just to talk about this, just to talk about the abject failure of our systems to catch this idiot. This is from Real Clear Investigations, and there are extensive research into the policy which allowed this shooter to slip 
through the cracks. It's quite a long passage, so just keep that in mind as I'm reading. Real Clear Investigations says the following. Despite committing a string of arrestable offenses on campus before the Florida school shooting, the shooter was able to escape the attention of law enforcement, pass a background check, and purchase the weapon he used to slaughter three staff members and 14 fellow students because of Obama, wow, Obama administration efforts to make school discipline more lenient. Yeah, this stuff goes way back. The article continues, Documents reviewed by Real Clear Investigations and interviews show that the shooter's school district in Florida's Broward County, as I was going over earlier, was in the vanguard of a strategy adopted by more than 50 other major school districts nationwide, allowing thousands of troubled, often violent, students to commit crimes without legal consequence. The aim was to slow the school-to-prison pipeline. Alright, let's just stop there. Let's just take in the scope of this issue, right? So you have the Obama administration getting in hand with this and their efforts to make school discipline more lenient. That whole push was adopted by more than 50 other major school districts nationwide. Broward County is, is pretty up there as far as school districts around the country. And then these troubled students escape without legal consequence, which, as we'll see, doesn't lead to the greatest outcomes in the world. The article continues, In 2013, the year before the shooter entered high school, the Broward County school system rewrote its discipline policy to make it much more difficult for administrators to suspend or expel problem students or for campus police, and this is the key part here, or for campus police to arrest them for their misdemeanors, including some of the crimes the shooter allegedly committed in the years and months leading up to the February 14th shooting at his Fort Lauderdale area high school. This new Broward County policy, it says, the new policy resulted from an Obama administration effort begun in 2011. I was 10 years old then. 2011 to keep students in school and improve, you guessed it, racial outcomes. Starting to sound a little bit familiar. Broward County School Superintendent Robert W. Runchy, a Chicagoan and Harvard graduate with close ties to President Obama and his education department, signed an agreement with the county sheriff and other local jurisdictions to, this is important, trade cops for counseling. Where have we heard that one before? Hmm? Defund the police, anybody? Students charged with various misdemeanors, including assault, would now be disciplined through participation in healing circles, obstacle courses, and other self-esteem-building exercises. It gets even more explicit in case you're catching wind of the progressive bent to this, at least this rhetoric, if not this whole alternative punishment-esque plan. Runchy had been working closely with the Obama administration secretary Arne Duncan on their reforms ever since landing the Broward job in 2011. 
Applications for federal grants revealed that Runchy's plan factored into approval of tens of millions of dollars in federal funding from Duncan's department. Just summing that all up there, because Broward County implemented this policy, they got tens of millions of dollars from the federal government. And the superintendent himself was, I would say, a little unethically motivated to do this to appease his former boss, again, Arne Duncan. It continues, this is, this is some explicit critical race theory-esque things here, asserting that minority students in particular were treated unfairly by traditional approaches to school discipline. Runchy's goal was to slash arrests and ensure that students, no matter how delinquent, graduated without criminal records. Okay, I, th- I think you're kind of getting it here. You know, it's cutting down that school discipline and the ways we can punish students to drive down those numbers. Drive down those numbers, okay? That's all this is about. What we're looking for here is not only how it led to this school shooting and this dude just being overlooked, but we're also, as I'm pointing out, if in case you haven't noticed, looking at the critical race theory inside of it. So, for instance, it as I just read this section, it says, we're treated unfairly by traditional approaches to school discipline. That's literally almost, almost verbatim from the critical race theorists textbook, Introduction to Critical Race Theory. Everyone's heard of it by now. Richard Delgado and John Stefanczyk. The rhetoric is exactly there. That's what I'm trying to point out here is the, the critical race theory is just bam, right on the head. The core, getting back to the article now, the core of the approach is a program called Promise, as I went over earlier, preventing recidivism through opportunities, mentoring, interventions, support, and education. Promise is obviously an acronym, which substitutes counseling for criminal detention for students who break the law, according to the policy. The expressed goal of Promise is to bring about, quote, reductions in external suspension, expulsions, and arrests. Delinquents who are diverted to the program are essentially absolved of responsibility for their actions. It says this approach focuses on the situation as being the problem rather than the individual being the problem, right? This is, again, it it, it rings tried and true from the activists. It's the system that's the problem, not the individual's. Yeah, right. As if your choices don't factor into where you end up in life. This is more explicit critical race theory, but it also really underlines how deeply this school-to-prison pipeline thing led to this happening. Additional literature reveals that students referred to promise for in-school misdemeanors, including assault, theft, vandalism, underage drinking, and drug use receive a controversial alternative punishment known as restorative justice. Straight from the activist's mouth. Straight from the activist's mouth. I cannot make this up. It's literally right in the article. It continues, actually the freaking, um, the dude said it himself. Rather than focusing on punishment, Restorative justice seeks to repair the harm done, the district explains. This is Broward County. Indeed, it isn't 
really punishment at all. No dip. It's more like therapy. Oh boy. Delinquents gather in healing circles with counselors and sometimes even victims of their crime and talk about their feelings and the root causes of their anger. I don't know if this is necessarily a bad approach, right? These policies were well-meaning, okay? Everybody doesn't want to see a school kid thrown into the prison system. Nobody wants to see that. The policies themselves, though, just absolving the consequence of being arrested, getting those hard traditional punishments, just absolving those from the system altogether, that's not the answer. That's not the answer. I would say, well, like, I was I was thinking about this earlier. It's, it's an incomplete thought, but I'm going to put it out there anyway, that maybe you should have this as, like, maybe the first offense, and then if they just keep repeating it, as the school shooter did have continual repeated offenses, then you should, it's a one and done thing, right? If it doesn't turn around, then just, Go to go the traditional route because that kid, obviously the counseling is not helping him. But I digress. At a press conference in 2015, the Obama Education Secretary Duncan described his good friend Runchy as courageous for implementing a new system, wink wink nudge nudge, to keep kids in classrooms and out of courtrooms. It's difficult work, the then Education Secretary said challenging centuries of institutionalized racism and class inequality. Do you hear the critical race theory yet? It's incredible to me how explicit the critical race theory is and the policy that allows this school shooting to happen. I'm going to say it a million times just to remind you, just in case like, oh, you start, you, you, you start getting like, you know, wrapped up in this policy. That's the end of it. That's the end of this stuff. That's what happened. But I continue. And I'm not reading from, like, an activist book here, right? Like, here it really starts to sound like I'm reading some kind of activist paper. I'm not. Implicit bias exists in all of us, Runchy said in late 2016. Runchy, again, is the superintendent of Broward County. And we have to be courageous enough to confront it if we are going to meet our goals. District records, here's the real damning part in case the other stuff wasn't damning enough for you. District records reveal Runchy has been putting school leaders and school support personnel through intensive training in implicit bias, blackmail success strategies, and my favorite, courageous conversations about race. Absolutely no critical race theory here, guys. I don't know what the heck you're talking about. It's gonna be critical race theory. It's a scam. It's just a it's just a legal theory, right? Just the legal theory, right, Joy Reed? Ah, CNN. I will never watch you. And we get to the conclusion of this story. The school policy fails. Who would have thought? The school shooting suggests the limits of this approach. You don't say. A repeat offender, this monster, benefited from the lax discipline policy. Although he was disciplined for a string of offenses, including assault, threatening teachers, and carrying bullets in his backpack, he was never taken into custody or even expelled. Instead, school authorities referred him to mandatory counseling or transferred him to alternative schools. By avoiding a criminal record, 
He passed a federal background check in February 2017 before per- before purchasing a AR-15 style semi-automatic rifle investigators say was used in the mass shooting. Just one month earlier, he was disciplined with a one-day internal suspension for an assault at Marjorie Stoneman Douglas High School and evaluated as a potential threat. It was his second offense for fighting in less than four months, but the Canvas police did not make an arrest in either case, as they typically did for repeat offenders under the district's prior zero-tolerance policies. The upshot was that lack of an arrest record made this dude able to purchase a gun, and it made it difficult for the police to confirm that he was a proven threat. Let me just, let's just go over how badly they screwed up because of this policy. In my notes, I titled this, The FBI Ignores the Warnings Because the Shooter Was Deemed Not a Threat. Here we go. Little more than a month before the, before the February 14th shooting, FBI hotline received a tip about the shooter being a potential school gunman failed to take action. Another tip warning that the shooter had boasted on YouTube that he was going to be a professional school shooter. And it also fell through the cracks due to a paucity of information in the system. It gets better though. 45 phone calls related to this monster dating back to 2008. And it says, including a February 2016 call from a neighbor warning that he made a threat on Instagram to shoot up the high school and another last November advising he was collecting guns and knives and appeared to be a quote, school shooter in the making. Though deputies visited the eventual school shooter at home, they did not try and recover his weapons, despite requests from relatives who feared he planned to use them on his classmates. Are you serious right now? And they deemed him worthy to purchase a gun? Well, I guess that's where restorative justice will get you. At least if it's taken to this level. Let's finish it off, however, with this restorative justice policy. Yet, even though Broward's crusade has resulted in a more than 63% reduction in the annual rate of overall student arrests, Runchy has said he is still not satisfied because the percentage of arrests of black students continues to be disproportionately high compared with whites. When you're influenced by critical race theory, all you see is the racial disparities, racial disparities, racial disparities, and that those disparities equal racism. It's almost like these people don't learn. (sighs) It never ends. So, the superintendent has hired Goff, the racial bias expert, excuse me, to conduct a study to get to the root cause of why arrests of blacks are still so stubbornly high. Yeah, an implicit bias expert is going to help you a lot. Implicit bias. Man, I need to do an episode on that. Funded with a $800,000 grant, Goff's researchers from the uh, from the Center for Policing Equity in New York, this is again sounding familiar, These researchers have been actively surveying district administrators and teachers as well as student resource officers to gauge their implicit biases in dealing with minority students who behave badly. That effort continues, a spokesman for Goff told Real Clear Investigations this week. At the time they wrote this article, it was 
in use and continuing. They hadn't learned their lesson, and they probably never will. The effect of critical race theory blinded the administration, blinded the superintendent into a devastating effect. It's disgusting. The failure of this system, all because of racial blindness. You know what? That's a good that's a good term for it. Racial blindness when you're influenced by critical race theory. Racial blindness is what was infecting the Broward County School Administration. I'm not saying that the policy caused this guy. I'm not saying the policy was even totally at fault. It obviously is not. It didn't make him do that. It did contribute to what happened, though. Undeniably so. And I hope that I demonstrated that today. Critical race theory is in way more than classrooms. And through the politicization of media, we're missing all about this stuff. You see, a very quick point about the politicization of a complex topic. All the media is going to focus on is the aspect of an issue which concerns the most amount of people. They're not going to focus on the entire issue. They're not going to focus on how critical race theory is maybe in a subsection of property law, for instance. They're going to focus on how critical race theory is in the classrooms because that appeals to the most amount of people, which gets them the most amount of viewers, which gets them the most amount of sales. That's why it's very important, if you care about an issue, to try and fully understand it and not just on the predetermined quote-unquote, brackets, which the mainstream media and the mainstream narratives, rather, both left and right, both on Fox and CNN, they both want to sell papers, don't they? Thus, they have to appeal to the most amount of people. You got to understand the entire issue. Don't let brackets be put on the debate. There's usually always more than the battlefield you are presented with, than the side you are presented with and the side that you choose to take on a Battlefield. What if the battlefield is much bigger? The front is a lot bigger than the one skirmish that you're advised to take part in, if that analogy makes any sense at all. And it's not only that, limiting the scope of our understanding of an issue, but it's also, if if you actually think about it, they are selectively pulling facts and then using those selectively pulled facts to enforce a narrative, which is only true to the extent on which its facts are in line, right? So that's how you see that things are, quote-unquote, like contradicting things are true at once. It's because they're like elevating and then diminishing certain facts. Everybody knows this, but I feel like it's got to be pointed out because it's something that is a dynamic that you see a lot in these complex issues to enforce a narrative. And it all comes back to understanding the issue fully. This aspect of critical race theory, I'm sure nobody has heard about. And I don't want anybody to be faced with the consequences of critical race theory influenced policies, especially when those consequences can end up being horrific, like what happened at Marjorie Stoneman Douglas High School. Anyways, 
If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe to my podcast on Apple Podcasts. If you want to support the show, check out Surfshark VPN in the podcast description. You get 81% off. It's a great deal. Check it out. Rate me five stars on Apple Podcasts and tell all your friends about this show. I would really appreciate it. It really helps me grow. Thank you guys so much for listening. And I hope all of you have a more perfect day.